the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, we're back. It's uh, Monday, February 26, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. In about an hour, Dr. Larry Lockman looks at the uh, what he calls an epidemic of loneliness in this country. What is going on? I remind you, tomorrow, former State Assembly member Jordan Cunningham joins us. Wednesday, it's our resident bibliophile, Susan Hoffman. We are busy. Oh, Lord, look who's here. How long has it been? been a little over a year, Dave. It's Jeff Oslin, owner of Glen's Repair in Atascadero. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm right. I thought you'd be angry and upset over this new legislation. Um, it's frustrated? A, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's definitely frustrating. And what we're talking about, of course, is the uh, the ban that is now in effect for any power equipment that was uh, manufactured starting January 1st of this year, 2024. If it was manufactured last year, Mm -hmm. it's not banned. And that's for anything with 40 cc's and less and some other things, whether it's a leaf blower or a lawnmower. You know, so it's not good. Who pushed this? It was uh, our wonderful uh, California CARB. Um, CARB. So uh, the same... uh, same people in Sacramento that uh, think that pollution's horribly bad, and the, the Air Air Resource Board of uh, California Carb is what they're called, and uh, they uh, put a gas-powered ban in, and it's not uh, not very. It's not good. It's good in some areas, but it's not good in uh, a rural environment at all. So we've had this law in effect now for about two months. What's been the effect? There's really no effect yet because there's still a lot of equipment out there that you can still purchase because it was manufactured before this year. So if it was manufactured in 2023, you can still buy it anywhere that sells gas-powered lawn and garden equipment, you know, like lawnmowers, hedge trimmers, weed trimmers, whatnot, chainsaws for that matter. Um, But, you know, some of the downside is um, we have a lot of fires in this state. So now you're going to send your uh, your uh, fire folks into a wildfire with a battery-operated chainsaw, and uh, how do you charge it? So there's a lot of a uh, lot of things that I don't think we thought about. And the manufacturers, um, you know, basically, if you could still do it because it's not been approved by the feds, and the feds are the ones that have to approve all admission stuff. But they're just going to pull out of California completely, and you're going to have to use battery-operated equipment. It's all going to be battery-operated. It's all going that way. It is. Um, you know, and I think like anything, you need a mix. You need a mix of... Uh, yeah, I have a weed whacker. Uh, it's battery charger. Sure. and there's That's no, fine. It's fine, but I also think if you're, you know, if you're in the city of San Luis and you're in a small area, small yard... Um, let's say less than a quarter of an acre in a uh, condo, you don't need gas-powered equipment. But if you're on 10 acres or two acres, um, battery is not quite there. The technology is not quite there yet to mow stuff down. You're absolutely true. I have a small parcel of land that takes me like five minutes to weed whack. 
right? I couldn't imagine my old house in Napomo on an acre of land. I couldn't do it that way. Right, right. So it's like anything. You need a mix of it. No different than energy. You can't just say, hey, we're going to win because it's not going to produce enough. So it's the same with uh, the gas-powered uh, equipment. So, you know, one of the reasons uh, I'm here to let the public know this was kind of a sneaker that came in. The original intent of the ban was to be on leaf blowers, and I say that um, with the word leaf in front of a blower, because most people, other than two or three times a year, do not blow leaves with a leaf blower. You blow off your sidewalk, you blow off your driveway, and you're stirring up a lot of dust. Um, So that was the original intent from the assembly bill. Um, which is interesting because all your battery-operated stuff actually has more torque and more wind speed than gas power. It just oh. doesn't last as long. Is it louder? It's quieter, okay. definitely. You right. know, there's there's a mix, but it blows more particles in the air. Um, a little less pollutant, obviously, but you're still having to charge your batteries. And a gas-powered leaf blower might last you 20 minutes, where you can probably go an hour, hour and a half on one tank of gas. And again, a mix makes sense. If you're a professional landscaper, you can start doing uh, your landscaping at 5 in the morning on a hot summer's day because you're not going to hear anything from a battery-operated lawnmower or you know weed trimmer or whatever it might be or your medical professional offices. I mean, let's face it. Dave, you and I have been to a few doctors. We hate the yeah. noise of it. So, I mean, there, yeah. it's, a, it's a mix. It's what you want. But the law has passed. It's now the law, law of the passed. state. And we'll see... If they rescind it, or if it stays, or where things go, or what they do. Um, hmm. Frank is texting and already on the Stolberg line. In-state sale banned. Usage banned starts when? Legal still until when to cross state lines with one. Okay, so... Translate that. All right, so I'll translate what I believe he's trying to say. So you can still buy any type of gas-powered equipment if you can find it. Um, you know, I know Midcoast Mower and Tascadero stocked, and Noble and Slow is stocked up, and I'm stocked up as well. Um, and we have plenty of gas-powered equipment, probably enough for the year. And then the question is going to be what's left over for next year that we're going to have. There is no ban against usage. The ban is purchasing it in the state of California. So that's going to create people going out of state, of course, to Arizona or Nevada like yeah, they do now. Sure. And they're going to buy things like generators because that's what they do. Now they'll and buy they'll a lawn and garden. And they'll be legal. Well, yeah. I mean, the state's not going to be able to enforce it unless they start inspecting vehicles coming back in the state. So, well. you know, that's where, that's where it's going. Well. Um, you know, they're trying to push the... Everything in vehicles to be uh, on a battery-operated vehicle as well by 2035, I think. You know, and I think uh, they should give the consumer the choice to choose what they want and also let technology develop. If technology is there, I don't think anybody has a complaint about giving up a gas-powered lawnmower if you can do the same thing with your battery-operated one. But if you're mowing, you know, 300... 3,000 square feet, not a very large lawn, but it's a, it's a lawn. Um, or you're out mowing weeds, you might not want to be using batteries. And what about the creation of a battery, Jeff? Is this like uh, you know the debate with electric cars? Well, look what 
look what it takes to make a battery for an electric car. Is it similar? Yes, it's very similar. Um, so environmental consequences, health risks to the workers? Yeah, sure. It's it's no different. I mean, the, the batteries are, uh, are, are, to make them, you mine them. There's no good recycling plan in place yet for your battery, you know, whether it's a Makita or a Milwaukee or whatever you might know as your name, Black & Decker. There's not really a, a recycling uh, entity set up for it yet for disposing them properly. Um, so, you know, we're always behind the times on things like that. And the technology for time is not there yet. You know, let's talk cars for a minute. If you go back five years ago, what was your range on a car? A hundred... 150 miles? Yeah. And now your batteries on a leaf blower is 20 minutes. Now, if you're two hours, hey, I think we can talk the conversation that probably doesn't matter anymore. But we're not there yet. All right. But we are here yet, meaning we take a break and we come back. We'll continue our conversation with Jeff Oslin. I'm curious about uh, how Craig feels on this, and I want to know how you feel about it as well. There's a lot to cover. We'll do it. This is Hometown Radio. Glad to have you with us in Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. Jeff Oslin is on this broadcast, owner of Glenn's Repair up in Atascadero. Uh, Jeff, for folks just tuning in, let's remind them about the assembly bill that became law January 1st. Sure. The law basically states that any small gas-powered engines for any lawn and garden purpose and others is now banned in the state of California for anything that's being manufactured from January of 2024 going forward. So it's not illegal to sell stuff that was manufactured, you know, last year. Uh, but going forward, it's uh, not going to be legal to buy power equipment in the state of California. Including little generators. Little generators, power washers, rototillers, um, pretty much anything you can think of. You're going to have to go to electric, battery, or plug-in. And uh, there is exemptions for ag right now and industrial, but most manufacturers are just pulling out of the state of California because of it. I can't help but wonder what our friend Craig Hill is thinking of all this. I'm taking an even-handed, open-minded approach. (laughs) I believe all sides are valid, uh, except for the fact that I think these rules are uh, short-sighted and pushed by people that have an agenda versus a grasp on reality. Um, What might that agenda be? Uh, to push the green idea, which is not based in reality. Because these people, the people that come up with these kind of rules, aren't the people who actually use these devices. It's not like someone's out there and they did 20 acres or even did their backyard and they thought, wow, I can do this job just as well with a battery-powered implement, and I'm going to do that, and I proved it worked. No, it's just somebody who sits in an office in Sacramento and says, hey, if it has a small engine, engines, they create carbon. Let's just make it battery powered because battery powered is super clean. It's that it's the mentality of like the hall monitor at school. You know, that little snitch who just wants to get the gold star for coming up with a plan. Hey, I came up with green energy stuff. But Craig, too, how do you re- Craig, how do you really feel? It just drives me nuts. I because, can't figure it out. I mean, I've worked on job <laughs> sites. I, I did construction when I was living down in SoCal. And it's, it's funny because we would have, you know, people with electric tools. Now, it's, they've gotten a lot better 
since uh, I was doing it. But back then, you you couldn't use battery tools unless you brought a S ton of batteries with you. Because I'm doing a high school in downtown L.A. that's five acres, and you think your you know little hand drill you, you know whatever it is Dewalt is going to last all day? Hmm. No. So now I'm buying tons of batteries, you know, because of that because they just won't last the day and it won't get the job done. And, and I think Craig, to your point on this is batteries don't charge fast enough. Yeah. So if you're getting 45 minutes on your drill, then you need. Or look Ten batteries, eight batteries to get through the day, plus you have to plug it in. And here's some of the problems by going to all battery for a homeowner, which is, depending on when your house was built, but I will tell you probably before 1980, you only had a 100-amp feed in your home, and now you're going to have to choose to either run your air conditioner or charge your battery so you can uh, go weed whack. Um, you know, and... And that's a problem, and a lot of commercial buildings don't have a lot of uh, power. I mean, for me to upgrade at my shop, it's about $30,000 to get a 200-amp feed battery um, panel in the panel. shop. And I only have 100-amp, and I'm maxed. And I don't have air conditioning, folks. If it's 110 outside, it's 110 in the shop. If it's 40 in, in, in the morning, it's 40 in the shop. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty uh, conservative on it. Um, so, you know, it's a... Uh, I'm not saying it should be banned. I'm not saying should have a it choice. shouldn't be. But should you should still have a choice. And I think if you live in a concrete jungle, to your point again, Craig, and your backyard's the size of your bathroom, I think battery is perfect, but it doesn't work in a rural environment. Craig, do you have any uh, you t um, any any stuff that's battery charged? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have tools, but the great thing is I have multiple batteries, and I'm in my house. Where I have that, um, I don't know, the, the ease of use. If you're on a job site, uh, it's much more difficult. I understand a lot of people don't do construction. So they're just looking at other odd, you know, leaf blowers or whatnot, maybe not fully commercial products. Sure. But at the same time, I do think it is up to the consumer to decide and to choose the best format that helps them. The, the best tool for the job will always win. And every time California decides to mandate something, it doesn't work. This is the same state that wants to increase dependability on electricity while simultaneously decreasing reliability of electricity. That's the California state of mind. On the Stolberg text line, Rochelle checks in. Hi, Rochelle. She says the batteries for lawn care equipment are also very expensive. They also sometimes start stop taking a charge after a year or two. And then that's another 100 to $200 to replace those large-capacity batteries. That is correct. The technology, in my opinion, still not there. Now, I will tell you, I do sell the Makita um, battery. I have been for years in the shop. Uh, but they have 340-something tools that run on the same battery system. So the one thing I would advise anybody in the public when you're starting to get into the battery, you need to choose wisely and not some off-brand, in my opinion. Choose a brand that you can buy multiple tools so the one battery works on everything. It's called a battery platform because everybody has their own. It's like the old days of the chargers for your cell phone. You don't want to get caught to where you need all these batteries. The average price of a battery is probably $100 to $149, and the tool is probably 100 bucks. It's like the you know printer days. You buy a printer at Costco uh, for your, you know, 
your printer, the printer's cheap as heck, but the ink will uh, bankrupt you. It's the same with batteries. So are people coming in to stock up on gas-powered equipment they take are. advantage? They are. A lot yeah. of people uh, towards the end of last year were coming in buying a lot of equipment. Um, I did tell them there's no rush. I have plenty in stock. Pay, pay off your Christmas bills first and get through the taxis and come back and see us. I don't believe we'll be out of anything. I have ordered tons of stuff. Hmm. So then, given that, Jeff, look in your crystal ball. This is now law. What's next? Where do you see this going? I think the state may back down from it, but I think it's too late. I think the manufacturers are just done with California. I mean, Honda is pulling out of the country. They uh, do about 20 to 24% of their lawn and garden business in the state of California. So if you use round numbers... A quarter of their business was California, so they're pulling out a lawn and garden. Um, it's getting very, very tough to get through the um, admission standards with the state, and that includes with generators. So a lot of generators you can no longer purchase in the state of California, which is kind of an interesting theory um, because with the blackouts and the rolling outages that we have and the high winds, and when the power goes out, you're not going to be able to buy a generator that you need, but yet no. you might have a generator. I mean, look at all the businesses that have generators now that, that keep operating. We never had this 10 years ago. We didn't have the outages 10 years ago. And then the next thing coming down the pipeline on all generators is they're going to put a catalytic converter, if you will, on the muffler system, which will be... Take you know, adding expense to a generator and taking about twenty percent of the power away. So you mean the converters? Coming. You mean the con- converters? Everybody tries to steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be recycled value, but they always try and steal generators anyway. So you know, um, it's a it's an interesting uh, interesting time on this. It's not unlike the debate over houses. And if you want to build a house, it's got to be electric. They don't want gas anymore. It's kind of the same. I mean, we're pushing this entire state seems to lead the country. And I think everybody's watching to see what happens in California on this ban. And if it really takes a hold, then you can expect the rest of the nation to follow suit. It seems to happen that way. The problem with California is our grid can't handle it. We don't have the capacity for all the battery that we're doing. Because we're charging our electric vehicles that we're supposed to be driving. Right. And, you know, if you laugh at this, I won't give you the locations, but there's two major locations. One's on the high, off, off of Highway 5 that has 200 charging stations. Do you know how they power those? Off a diesel generator. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like... That's where, Harris Ranch. Yeah. 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 I mean, where 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 do we want to go, folks? I mean, <laughs> where where you want to charge your car, plug it into a diesel generator. That's what you're doing. We don't have the power capacity in this state yet, and I'm not against any of this. I've said this before. We need everything coming on board until we can get there. But I think we're pushing this too soon. All right, off we go. We've got California headline news and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. Jeff Oslin is in the house talking about the new law that took place and effect on uh, January 1st. Stay with us.
This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Jeff Oslin here, owner of Glenn's Repair. You want to put a plug in for Glenn's Repair, by the way? You're nice enough to come down. Sure. Promote yourself. Sure. I've got Glenn's Repair in Tascadero. We're uh, kind of the oldest business in town. Been there since 1968. We uh, rent a lot of power equipment, fix a lot of power equipment, and sell a lot of power equipment. We also do propane fills in the bottle, which I'll digress for a second. Anytime you can avoid doing a propane exchange, you need to, because you only get three and a half gallons in that five-gallon bottle, so you're paying anywhere from about six to nine dollars a gallon, depending on where you exchange it at. So any any place you can fill, you're going to be more in the four dollar uh, a gallon range. Way better deal. All right. If you want in on this conversation, we invite your phone calls and your text messages, 805-543-8830. The new law went into effect January 1st. We're phasing out all these uh, small engines, gas-powered. Everything now is going to be charged. Hmm. There's a lot of uh, controversy about this. So how do people know the best battery to choose? Well, you know... What I always say, a lot of people already have battery-operated something, whether it's um, drills or saws or maybe something other. So it's very expensive to invest in battery. Battery is normally 40 to 50% higher than a gas-powered equivalent machine. And so you want to choose wisely. And once you make your choice, you got to stick with that platform because every time you have to buy a new charger and new batteries... You know, that's uh, that's the expense. So uh, we chose to do two brands out of Glenn's. We're doing Makita. We've been doing that forever. You can find Makita anywhere. Um, and the reason we chose them is because what they did with their battery stuff originally is they took their gas-powered um, lawn and garden equipment, whether it's a weed trimmer or whatnot, and they made the battery system work on it. And when 18 volts wasn't enough, they figured out how to do two of the same batteries to get you to 36 volts so things could work. Um, batteries, batteries, fantastic stuff. The only problem with battery is the longevity of how long it goes, and there's really not a good way to repair things. You can't fix a battery, and it's not easy to fix battery-operated equipment. And then also, how do you dispose of it? Disposal is another problem. You can get rid of the equipment, but the battery is an issue. The other brand that we did bring on is a commercial brand just for landscapers, and we tell them that there's only 88 options for it, and that is the Greenworks commercial brand. Um, I have sold one consumer model riding lawnmower. It's phenomenal because there's only uh, there's no belts. It's not going to break as much. There's only two grease points. I will say that. It's about $5,500, and you can mow an acre and a half to two acres on the battery system. So there are some positives to battery. I just think it should be a choice and not our government mandating that something goes away when technology is not advanced well enough. 805-543-8830 on the Stolberg text line. Gary checks in. Hey, Gary. Craig correctly described the California agenda-driven mindset I think the federal government mindset as well. You agree with that? The feds have the same agenda. I think uh, I think California is a little bit more extreme than the feds right now. I think uh, everybody sits back to watch what California does and how it takes control, whether it's uh, 
you know, gun control or uh, admissions. I think both seem to follow California's footsteps. Charles checks in on the Stolberg line with a question. Does this apply to propane engines? Not at this juncture. I mean, we know that they're trying to uh, do away with propane and natural gas, which is interesting because it's very clean burning in buses and uh, cars. Um, your barbecues are good, but uh, at some point, I'm sure that's coming down the line. I'm surprised they didn't give more of a lead time on this. They kind of backhandedly said that they were looking at it back in uh, 2022. Um, there was no assembly bill that was put forward, and they shoved one in last year to do this. And uh, I forget the assembly bill, but you can look it up. It's... Um, and that's what they've done. So it's basically anything under 40 cc's is banned, and then they put a few other things in. And they still haven't figured out some of the things that aren't banned. Like they haven't named a pressure washer yet, but nobody wants to sell certain engines to California for pressure washers. So is there an official list of what is? There is an official list of banned, and then it's changing. It's a moving target because... You know, they didn't list everything, so then they come back and add to it somehow. Who decides? Uh, somewhere up in Sacramento. They just throw a dart at it. I believe it's the Air, Air Resource Board. All right, so they, they're the ones who decide what needs to be banned, what needs to be controlled. That's what they're doing, yeah. They're, you know, it's, and then uh, piggybacked up that last October, there was a quick uh, assembly bill that, that passed in, uh, governor, the governor signed it into law. Well, but look at the direction we're heading in, Jeff, is that whether it's with cars or this small uh, equipment, Sacramento's made it clear that they want us to forget our traditional ways and embrace the future. And the future is batteries and electricity. Well, Dave, you and I are old enough, I hate to say it this way, to remember the 70s and gold key homes and the failure that that happened when they tried to go all electric in the 70s. I think it's a repeat all again. History repeats itself. Remind people of the story. Well, in the 70s, uh, they decided in California that gold key homes were going to be electric homes only. No gas-powered uh, natural gas in the home for heating. No gas uh, for your stove. And uh, they found out electricity was cost prohibitive. Now, look at what PG&E just did. They got a big increase uh, in your bills now coming in for electric. And uh, we're all going electric, so I don't know how we're going to afford it. We go to Eric on KVEC. Hi, Eric. How you doing, gentlemen? Good, thank you. So we've been dabbling in different electric or uh, battery-powered equipment probably for the last six years. And it up commercially as a landscaper, it it's not as good. It's not really that comparable when i look at like uh and greenworks i think is we've bought it all and it's actually one of the better ones but you still take their big blower that can take two of their great big batteries and it might be equivalent to a small backpack blower you know it might be so eric so, two questions yeah. for you on the backpack blower that you guys are using how heavy is it would be the first question and the second question is you know I definitely think there's a place for um, battery-operated equipment, and I think for you guys and the commercial end of it, you can start your day earlier and not disturb residents, so I think there's a place for both. So my question is, you know, 
Don't you think that you'd want both uh, battery-operated and also gas power? Yeah, no, I think you're right. We do have a few wineries and uh, schools that we do, um, and we do use the battery-operated stuff at those uh, those establishments because they don't want to either disturb the students or the uh, patrons, et cetera. Um, you know, doing a large parking lot somewhere or, or even the uh, mowers, they just don't. The mowers have great torque, but those batteries get very expensive. Um, you know, it, it just, just the technology is not there, but we're using both what we can. And, you know, we do actually have customers that want us to use the electric equipment. I'm not sold that it's uh, any better for the environment, though. And what uh, about if you see the rate of batteries we go through, you'd be amazed. Yeah, I'm sure you have to charge a but a bunch. What are you uh, thinking in terms of battery operated for weed abatement? Well, we used we've used the green. I haven't seen a larger weed eater. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't one. Um, like when we go with our bigger, you know, we use a lot of uh, still and husky. And I haven't seen an equivalent to it or used one or tried one. I don't know if there is one. You would probably know better than I would. We just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the answer one? is it's there, but, the, the but you know, you're going to be clipping batteries in or you're going to have to put an 8.0 battery in that weighs, what, 24 pounds? But every yeah, time... And then they have the backpacks that you can wear. You're basically wearing a backpack of batteries. Yeah, but with whether it's with the tools or with cars, it keeps coming back to the batteries. Right. Right. The expense. Go ahead, Garrick. No, and I don't think people realize. I talk to a lot of homeowners that have, you know, the homeowner additions, and they're like, these are great, but just imagine if you had to use that all day long. It's not that great, you know, when it's lasting 15 minutes at your house. Yeah. You know, some of these batteries will last up to an hour when they're new commercially. Um, that's the claim, and we've, we've seen about 45 minutes. Um, it's just, it's just not there, and to force this down everybody's throat on a commercial basis, you know, basically we have to buy new batteries, new equipment, and it's reflective in our in our labor costs because the labor cost is more now. Eric, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Labor costs, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have to walk back to the trailer all the time, you know, if you're making multiple trips instead of one trip per place to refuel, yeah, it's going to cost, plus you have to plug in, and if your employees forget to plug in at night, now you can't use your equipment the next day, um, so your labor's standing around doing other things. It's, uh, a, like I said, a combination of both makes sense to me, not one. On the Stolberg text line, if I have a 2016 riding lawnmower and need a new engine, what do I do since I cannot get a new engine, do I send it to the landfill? Fair question. That's not necessarily true. Uh, the way things are set up right now, there's what's called an exact replacement engine um, is what you can do. So if you had a Briggs engine or a Kawasaki or a Honda, as long as the serial number can be read, you can take it to a shop like mine, leave the engine off, we can order you in a new engine, and destroy the old engine, um, and that's how you get an engine. Um, so that's what that is in in play for a while now. Let's go up to Cambria to find Scott on KVEC. Hi, Scott. Hi, Dave. Hi, Scott. I uh, forgot your name. I'm Dave. Got we got Jeff here. Yes, <laughs> I know. I said hi, Jeff. Okay, Jeff. Um, 
I just want to, you know, I, the whole thing is so ridiculous to me that they want to go all electric, but at the same time they want to get rid of gas. But I just want to put in a plug for, I've been in construction for 40 years, and the Makita skill saw, all their battery stuff, I use it all day long, and I don't have to charge it. It's great. But I would not want a lawnmower or a weed whacker or all the other stuff they're trying to push on us. Right, you'd have a combination of both. What's that? You'd have a combination yeah. of both, some gas power, some battery, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I retired my corded skill saw when I bought the cordless one, and it goes all day long, and it's awesome. But That's great to hear. I don't want them to shove it down my throat. <laughs> That's the argument we keep hearing. We don't. We don't want it to be mandatory. Right. That's, you know, it's like anything. I think uh, the mandatory is the problem, and especially, you know, we're not quite there yet. We're we're not there yet on some items on the on the skill saw. Yeah, you probably could run off of uh, two batteries all day long, maybe four all day long, and never have to plug in and have to worry about it. But on a lawnmower or, you know, something that you're doing for weed abatement, if you have to switch out every 45 minutes, you know, that's a labor expense because you're, if you're hiring somebody, they're charging you by the hour, so they're going to take their sweet time walking back to change a battery out. And I think all that comes into play. All right, uh, Scott, thank you. We'll come back for a final segment with uh, Jeff Oslin. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk, KVEC. All right, if you want in on this conversation with Jeff Oslin, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. As Jeff reminds us of the new law that kicked in across California, this is a state law, and what it's going to do. Do you expect other states to follow? Too early to tell? I think they'll follow. I think you'll see New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, uh, jump on this bandwagon pretty darn quick, and then it will go from there because they're the first uh, ones that also had the uh, California admissions on vehicles, um, New Hampshire as well, that that went with California standards. So I think they'll jump on pretty quick. What about pricing? Does, when I get rid of the gas-powered equipment, the battery charge equipment, is it more expensive? It is because you have to have an investment in batteries and chargers. So an average battery is probably about $100, and your charger is probably about $100. So to jump in with two batteries and a charger, depending on what the manufacturer is offering, you might be at $200 or $300. And then the tools are priced a little bit higher than what gas-powered would be. So, yeah, you're going to be 40% higher. You know, if you were buying a $500 lawnmower, that lawnmower is now going to be $800. So... You, know, you have to pay for it, and if you think about other factors, are a lot of people will be going out of state next year when they can't find it, and then our state loses tax revenue, of course, and you well, know the spiral. We're going to pay for it one way or another. Well, the other thing to be concerned about is that um, if you use a gardener, I know people, for example, they bring in a gardener once a month. I suspect you're going to be paying more because your gardener is going to be paying more to do the job. Sure, it's like anything. I mean, if you think about inflation, I mean, you can go back 2 years ago if you remember the dollar store used to be a buck, 
and they raised it to $1.25. So simple math was 25% inflation. Um, you're going to have the same thing. It's like fast food. When you pay a worker $20 an hour to flip your uh, hamburger at one of the fast food chains, everything goes up indirectly. You have to pay your employees more money because they can make more doing other things. So everything goes up on the consumer side, and that just costs more money. And again, I'm not against gas-powered equipment at all. I and I'm not against a battery. I think there's a place for everything. I just don't like the regulation. Do you like own an electric regulation. vehicle? Do you own an electric vehicle? You know, Dave, I don't own an electric vehicle. Would you? If the cost made sense, okay. I would. We looked at it, and uh, based on what we would have to pay and the longevity of the vehicle before you have to put batteries in and how often you have to replace your tires, for us, it, myself and my wife, it did not pencil out. Now, some people it does pencil out, but not for me. Hmm. I could see myself going hybrid, but I wouldn't get an electric vehicle. See, and I'd be afraid of a hybrid because you're basically running two engines, so you have twice as much maintenance. That's just my two cents. <laughs> but I, don't, I haven't heard that from anybody who actually has a hybrid. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just haven't heard that story. Yeah, I just, I just say that. You still have to maintain a gas-powered engine... As well as, you know. The thing I don't like about hybrids is that they don't have a spare tire. Okay. Well, I think a lot of gas-powered vehicles don't have uh, spare tires now. They don't come with them. You have to kind of fight to get them or whatnot. Um, but, you know. My Honda I, has the, a spare tire. But here's the point, Dave. <laughs> you You have a choice. If you choose to get a hybrid, more power to you. I just don't think it should be thrown down your throat at this stage when things cost more money and that um, we're probably not ready for it. Some areas are ready for it. I mean, hey, when you have, you know, you, you live in a condo, you definitely do not want to hear a gas-powered blower. I give you that all day long. <laughs> but, but at the same time, when you're on a lot of acreage and you need to blow your leaves off, then you need, uh, you need more than battery-operated. Uh, you know, that's just, that's just reality. You should have a combination of both. All right, here. We got three minutes left. Talk to me about District 5. Who's going to win, Funk or Moreno? You're up there. Uh, um, I think... Uh, well, you don't want to answer that fine. How's it going up there in the race? You know, it's an interesting thing. I've been seeing the ads uh, come to my mailbox because uh, we have mixed registration, which is great. And, uh, wow, the one I got the other day was one heck of a hit uh, from... Uh, from Funk's campaign, uh, she definitely uh, went a little lower than uh, the mayor, if you will. But uh, what was she what was she doing? Uh, the latest one was uh, on the environment and uh, you know global warning and and whatnot. And you know, I I think uh, we always have climate change, and I think there's things we can do to prevent things. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I, I'll say it, Dave. I don't have a problem saying it. Um, I hope Susan doesn't win. I don't think we need a 4-1 majority. Let's uh, talk to Pat on KVEC. Hi, Pat. Hey, how are you? Well, good. What's up? I got a big investment in, uh, in batteries and tools, a ranch environment. But uh, I've always driven a big diesel truck for my ranch and for its... Uh, convenience and everyone said why are you driving that big pig around well it's very good vehicle as far as efficiency goes and i said if they ever make a hybrid i'll get one so i bought the ford 
hybrid pickup truck. It's an F-150. What do you think? And uh, it's got 7,200-watt generator built into it, and it's had software issues for the past year and a half, whatever, but they they fixed that. And I can go anywhere and run. Uh, I can plug it into the house, and it'll power most of the stuff in the house at the same time. And the motor is designed specifically for running the generator because it's a hybrid uh, vehicle, and it takes the batteries that are in the truck, and it gives it like an extra 120 horsepower when it's pulling something. And uh, it runs only starts when the batteries get low, when you're running tools on it. So it's not like it's running all the time. And they're, they're badass motors. They just they go and they go. Uh, but they've got uh, turbos built into them. i got to let you go. I'm almost out of time. Pat, thanks for the story. What's your reaction to that? I think it's great. But I think uh, Pat made the point. It wasn't thrown down his throat. He had a choice. And I think that's the whole point is you should have a choice. But now that we don't, uh, the last things that I would say to that is if you're going to want gas-powered lawn and garden equipment and small equipment, this is the uh, year to go get it because it will not be in existence next year. Hmm. How do people uh, find your uh, Glenn's Repair? Uh, you can find us at uh, glenspe.com. You can find us at 5025 El Camino Real in Atascadero, right next to the water department or between Traffic Way and San, Anolo, San Anselmo. Uh, we've been there since 1968. Who was Glenn? Glenn was the original owner from 68 to 78. Then there was Steve, and then there was John. Steve still comes in and spins a wrench for me, and uh, we have a great time. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for coming down. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Dr. Larry Lockman up next. Stay with us. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.